G'day listeners, this episode is proudly brought to you by our major sponsor, subshq.com.au. Use code BENS15 at checkout to receive 15% off on your next purchase. G'day listeners, welcome back to another episode of the Matter Mentality Podcast, where we talk all things training, nutrition, psychology to help you optimize your performance. Today, I am joined by a very special guest, colleague, friend, all of it, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> We've had more than enough cross interaction that everyone's probably going to know who you are by now, but we'll do the introductions anyway. I'm joined by Big Benny Scott from STC. How you doing, mate? Very well. How are you, sir? Mate, as we just discussed off air, I am in a very first world problem week, but you know, that's what we live <laughs> and breathe for, right? <laughs> Too much success. Oh, no. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, my business is, is is happily taking off and people aren't recognizing. God, how yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I've been um playing with this like line in my head. I hate using the term mantra, but it's kind of one of those. Yeah. Where it's just like, stop complaining for shit you asked for. Oh, 100%. 100%. I, I messaged Scaff last night and I was just like, oh man, I actually almost had like a bit of an anxiety, like a, not a panic attack. Like I do get anxiety sometimes, but more so mine's like, like, how do I make this optimal or how to make this work anxiety? So I'm like, yeah. okay, so this has to, this, this, and I'm like 10 more clients. If they do this, I'm like, Oh fuck like this, this. I'm like, because you know, as we know, you don't ever want to trade off quality of service or quantity of client. I'm not looking for yeah, a 12 exactly. week challenge. I'm looking for 10, 20, 30 clients. that want to stay full time. So for yeah. me, I was like, right. That next 10, what does that look like? What does that look like? What does that look like? And I'm just sitting there like, Oh fuck. It's 11 o'clock at night. And I'm finishing my assignment. I should probably go to sleep. <laughs> like, what a problem to have i'm keeping myself awake yeah. worrying about how i can take care of these clients and making sure they're looked after yes yeah yeah that's my like 3 a.m ritual when shit gets like crazy it's like 3 a.m solve all of world's problems and then <laughs> yes. <go back> to sleep. <laughs> on top of all of my business success how can i end world hunger yeah. <laughs> just stockpile that problem list why not <laughs> but mate there is a lot for us to dive into we are swapping roles this time around, I'm uh, I'm gonna try and have my host ears on and and less of my rambling shit and talk for thirty minutes straight. <laughs> <laughs> I've had modafinil, but it's more so so I'm alert and taking you in as opposed to me doing the talking. Yeah, I had made sure I had two double coffees today so I could keep up with you. <laughs> you should be okay. Right. Just, a, just but it is weird though. I think we've done like two fifty episodes now. Um, and like coming on someone else's podcast and trying to shut the fuck up was so challenging. Oh, it is, hey. <laughs> I love it because I'm like, I don't even know. Like, I forget that I'm the host. Like, I'll get excited about something someone else is talking about. And I'm like, fuck yeah. And then I'm like, oh, wait, I got to ask you. I got to keep this going. Yeah, my job is to make you talk. <laughs> it's always like an interesting one for me because I'm like, yeah, you got to sw- swap that hat over and just sort of like, just yeah. stimulate the question, but not interrupt too much. Yeah, yeah. Jace has just taken over the STC Fit pod. Um, yep. as like official host so he chooses <laughs> topics and all of that and it's like for me not to be consciously like okay the conversation's going in this direction now i'm like yep. nope shut up i'm just here to answer questions <laughs> <laughs> you look pretty on this one that's it my mate that's literally kind of the i guess what'll be the premise or preface to the conversation is like a lot of our team a lot of our guys but also a lot of our listeners are well into training they're well into business or they're looking to get in business, looking to coaching. So I thought what better to discuss business success, business taking off, getting into coaching, being more versed in coaching. Cause I, I have 
I have, a, I think, a more one-to-one role of mentoring for my uh, coaching clients that are taking off uh, versus you guys that have a lot more systemized approach. Um, so I think it's going to be a really productive conversation there to sort of expand on, you know, how people can be better. And, you know, kind of just because we also share a lot of similar values in terms of, I want to say success, but I know people hate that word, but you know what, fuck them. Success, results, drive, purpose. Like we share very similar values in those directions. So I think it's going to be a very productive chat that, there's going to be a lot of takeaways from in that regard. And obviously we're throwing some powerlifting shit that, you know, three by five, rest of 10 minutes, eat, dr- eat Doritos, drink heavy weights. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we also talk about some weightlifting, whatever you guys do, you call it training. Something, something, move barbells <laughs> from A to B. I actually just wrote the most bro program ever for myself. It's fucking delightful. What is it? Chest push? No. Uh, I think Back there's there. like a total of 14 sets of legs. Everything nice. else is just like upper, heaps of chest, heaps of shoulders, heaps of arms. I saw some photos from our trip to see you guys in Brisbane. And I was like, I really need my chest and shoulders to fill out a shirt the way my ass fills out a pair of shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Says no that's... female ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my strategy. Nice. Can't argue with that. It's uh, it, it's good. It's good to even see when like, like powerlifting coaches can get across the whole, like getting across to set volume. Like I know you know it, but then you'll see like, like I'll see powerlifting coaches describe it as like, uh, like pump work or something like that. I'm like, bro, why don't you want muscle? Like, yeah, it makes sense to me to have more muscle everywhere. If you're trying to lift big numbers. I saw one the other day that was, um, wasn't even row of choice. It was pool of choice. And I was like, this there's such there's so much scope to play with within that for a direct adaptation to the outcome like yeah what do you have choice like what do you mean like and even just from a fatigue standpoint it's like okay so they am wrap their pull up or they do a half kneeling single arm cable rope like they are not the same (laughs) is that that has to be to like a just a gen pop move more kind of group surely competitor what yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Very interesting. Ah, oh, man. Like, I know. I know. We <laughs> yeah. say simple is key, but sometimes like specificity matters. Yeah, I see a lot of it, like with arms and and stuff like that. Like, like you said, the pump stuff. Like, oh, biceps of choice, triceps of thought of choice. Which personally, I still think is a waste because it's like for a powerlifter, most common injuries are shoulders and elbows. It's like mm-hmm. there's actually good positions you can put yourself in to do a bicep mm-hmm. curl yeah, to fucking sure. aid that stuff. Um, like. Every powerlifter has shit external rotation. Maybe you could use that at some point and then it won't be so shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, so I, I could kind of see past that, but fuck, yeah, a row of choice. I was like, whoa, that's what what considerations are going into your programming where you've got that much scope for them? Yeah, that's putting a lot of trust in the client to self-select. Mm. Yeah. But like, but even even to that degree, like you, you're looking at what, what, are you, what are you trying to achieve out of it? Like what, like, even if it's a novice lifter, even if it's an advanced lifter, like I, I think you know what you're doing, or I think I know that you know what you're doing. You're like, but but I'm paying you to tell me. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking yeah. I mean. Hey, each their own. And I'm hopefully they've got plenty of clients. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> but mates, uh look, we've had plenty back and forth. And I know probably on your podcast by now that's more and well and truly established from where STC came from in the humble beginnings, but for everyone who is not aware or hasn't listened before or hasn't heard us chat shit for four hours straight, <laughs> give us the 
Benny Scott background of STC and the rundown and kind of where it all kicked off? Yeah, so I guess right now we basically have two businesses within within the STC group or the brand, similar to what you guys are doing with the expansion there. So mm-hmm. we've got STC Fit, which is a direct-to-trainer business, so all mm-hmm. things training, nutrition, mindset a little bit, um, recovery, anything mm-hmm. that involves going to the gym, getting yep. stronger, getting leaner, um, hashtag look fuckable, that kind yep. of approach. Mm-hmm. Then we have STC Learn, which I'm still learning to say because we've just changed it from STC Fit Learning to STC Learn because we're rebranding, um, <laughs> which is a designed for the coach. Yeah. So education for personal trainers and coaches to mm-hmm. try and uh, our underlying goal there is to create careers in fitness. Mm-hmm. So if you have a look around at like the age group of most personal trainers, there's not many PTs or coaches for that matter that are over 27 mm-hmm. it's like once the engagement ring comes along we want the house we want the car we want the whatever i have yeah. to go get a quote unquote real job because mm-hmm. um, i can't sustain this lifestyle which it doesn't need to be that way and for yeah. every other small business owner that exists in the on the planet mm-hmm. that's not the goal is to fucking go get a real job later yeah like, that is your career and that's what you're trying to build so that's the target from there so mm-hmm. um Personally, been a trainer for 12 years, I think. Mm-hmm. Something like that. It's been too long. I stopped counting. Um, <laughs> and then doing the the trainer education since 2016, um, which yeah, is a frighteningly you, long time now. You guys were at Fit College for a period or doing like steps? Yeah, so that was kind of, yeah. So we launched um, what's still available, something, a service that we offer, which is like our mentorship, which is, um, kind of like a franchise model, but if the tax office ever asks, it's not a franchise model. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Where basically the the goal is to bring people in. Nowadays, it's focused on twelve months. Back then, it was like permanently. Mm-hmm. Where you come in, you're basically an STC fit trainer for your first year. Mm-hmm. So imagine going into the gym and actually having the business structure, the programs, the websites, yep. the social medias, the resources the systems that all of that all the videos all of that put in place for you sales structures everything's mm-hmm. done to plug and play show up um so that's what we started with and mm-hmm. I, I i don't know if you saw but i laughed when you said it. you have a much more systemized approach and we you kind of do things one-on-one we fucking did not at the start <laughs> <laughs> so basically we went from zero to 17 trainers in about 18 months, two years. Um, 70 or 17? 17. Yeah. So we're doing about 350 to 400 sessions a week across the group. Um, nice. Yeah, which is fucking wild. But yeah, nothing was online. Nothing was systemized. Our yeah. clients got a G drive, but that was basically it. And then all of our education was hands-on. So everyone yeah. was in Melbourne. Everyone caught up face-to-face. Our education yeah. was written as we sort of went. Yeah. Um, which ultimately led to us just being cooked. Um, yeah. Made a shitload of money and then got to the point where we're just like, we can't do this anymore. Jason and I both had still 40, 50 session PT businesses plus running all that. Mm-hmm. The time intensiveness of that was like, this is fucked. <laughs> so yep. we instead went away and thought like, okay, well, what are personal trainers need and how? what's missing? What's the gap between 
it's having a sustainable income, efficient business and something that people can actually do into their 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever, mm-hmm. and actually make a career out of it. And then we made that into a course and started going to the public instead of internal. Mm-hmm. So that's what's now called Standout PT. So then we have two avenues. So basically, if you're brand new coming out of the, the course, um, like out of your certificates, go into the mentorship, learn everything you need to learn in your first year, skip mm-hmm. five years of development. If you're already started or you just like you're really passionate about building your own brand, um, then Standout PT gives you all the structures that you need to put in mm-hmm. place to do that. Um, cause I think like, aside from people that put pool of choice in their programs, most people are <laughs> decent at getting results for their clients. Yeah. Like we run this scorecard that's, um, the clients fill out, like when they come through the applications or they can go and do it and just get a bunch of resources to help where their business is struggling. Nine times out of 10, they'll score over 85, if not into the 90th percent of how they perceive their technical skills, their ability to get the client in front of them a result. Yeah. But they have no clients. Yeah. And I think like, I'd say that's thinking. Well, yeah. Like it depends on the standard, right? Like if you work in a health club and you've got to train Jane, it's like eat, move better, eat well, all of those kind of things. Like you probably, most trainers could do that. Yeah. Um, When it comes into specialization, which is something we teach as well, like physique comps, powerlifting, athletes, rehab all that kind of shit but to coach general population most people have the skill set that they need to do it but they don't have any clients they've got no sales systems they've Mm -hmm. got no system at all in terms of they don't even know who they're trained they're trying to they're trying to train jane like they train themselves or or whatever yeah yeah yeah. that's where the system comes in it's like cool this is actually how to run a business and this is what a business looks like Mm -hmm. um that you were never told and it's it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility to fix it. Yeah. Yeah, it's like having gone through, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. My first run at coaching, I was the most advanced PT and SNC coach in my gym, yet I had no clients coming through from the leads. I had no one describe what I could do properly. I myself was completely laxed in terms of like uh, content education, marketing, like what I could do. But here I was writing like, I remember it was my first exposure to, I made the typical like PT mistake when I started. The the typical sort of, I want to write these like awesome as fuck periodized programs. I, I just learned about in my SNC, like just learned about like periodization and mesocycling, fatigue reduction, accumulating data to uh, equate for total load production. I had this full spreadsheet was working out numbers and scales. I had probably two people that needed it and I had 30 sessions a week. And yeah, that was just those like, models work really well when your client's like, oh, my kid was sick. I didn't come to the gym two days last week. Literally. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like that, that to me was such a click in my head where I'm like, I'm not even set up just to handle who I have in terms of like what they want. And it was just such a, like a completely missing part of the, the education model. And I went to a pretty decent, like I would say decent uh, PT school in terms of like how long the course was, what they made you do, the hands-on experience, the actual education, like, it was pretty good compared to what's out there. But even that I had to go on and do an advanced diploma in business so that I could be a bit, a little bit more aware. And even from that, the actual stuff they taught me in business and sales, like it, nothing, yeah, nothing yeah. worth being like, like what I teach my guys now. It's what I like try to drive home to my younger guys. I'm like, yeah, I want to talk about coaching or like, you know, I'm getting into business or I want to get better at online coaching. I'm like, take from me what you can. Let me like, because I know where you are and where you've been and how shit it is. 
let me give you everything because that gap, that education gap between like just thinking having PT skills and having business skills is the same thing is so big. Like that gap itself is fucking huge. And I've got like a kind of like a comparison to me is like when we perceive nutrition as really easy and then you speak to somebody like, oh, you know, I know about nutrition. You should just pick it up and know it. And we, we work with the Karen who's got no idea, but we'll educate or we'll talk a little bit about it, presuming that you know. And mm. the fucking gap is usually what yeah. yeah, no, I eat heaps of protein. I had some oats for breakfast and I had peanut butter in the afternoon. That's okay. rice. Yeah. <laughs> says says protein on the box. Must be right. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And like, like you said, we were with um, ARPT at the time and we facilitated that course for a couple of years, mainly as like a recruitment drive for the mentorship. So mm-hmm. we could handpick the people we wanted. Yeah. Um, and like, you got to come to the defense of the course a little bit because it's, and I know you have this frame of mind as well, like the responsibility, not your fault, but responsibility kind of thing. Absolutely, when you yeah. work your way up the chain and you have a look what's happened. When I got my cert, basically they were government funded. So I yeah. think I paid like $890 for my course. Yeah. It was a $5,000 course and the government paid the rest. Yeah. So who do you have coming in getting qualified as personal trainers? It's like 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids, mm-hmm. mostly. So are they going to pay? It's hard enough to get them to pay the five grand that's due now. Mm-hmm. Are they going to pay 10, 15, 20 for six months, 12 months, two years mm-hmm. to become a personal trainer? No. Like they, they, A, they don't have it. And yep. B, it's, it's like, I don't really see the value in that. I'd probably just go to university. Mm-hmm. So then if you're an RTO, if you're Fit College, ARPT, whatever, name it, you've got to come to the market with the product that the student's willing to buy. Yes. And that is a predominantly online model. So you mm-hmm. can't complain that you don't get enough practical knowledge because no one's fucking buying it. Yeah. Like we're not like the whole country is not sold out with practical workshops every single weekend. Yes. Because personal trainers all think they know better already. Mm-hmm. So if they can't sell it, then it's not a viable product to take to market. So mm-hmm. then really it's like, that's where someone like us comes in. And if yep. you were, there's a few, a handful of other good ones that are around that fill <coughs> that gap and be like, this is what you learned. Yeah. And the way we used to pose it to our guys is like, um, from a tradie, I think, I hope I get this right. Cause I'm fucking, there's not a tradie bone in my body. Um, <laughs> is like, your PT cert is your white card to get on the job site, but assume yep. you know nothing. Yep. And then you do all your learning once you actually start. So that's like, yeah, like, Oh, how do I make a phone call? How do I do a consult? Mm-hmm. How do I write the program for Susie and then write it for Ben? Like, how mm-hmm. do I balance all of those things? So coming in with that awareness is really important. I think the only thing that the course should be held a little bit more responsible for is they don't explain the self-employed model enough. Yes, I agree. Like you, you don't have to teach, you don't have to turn it into a business course because it's going to cost more money and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, but yeah. don't set people up to think like, yeah, you can just go make 150 bucks an hour. Like, Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I can charge, that's my first week on the job in a gym. I can charge 75 bucks for a halfer. And- yeah. I've got no context of what to do with that money, what that means, where to put it, how I get people to fill that session, how I get people in to fill the spot if that person doesn't fill that session. But yeah, you can go make 150 an hour and you can work 40 hours a week. You're going to make fucking six figures in no time. How? Tell me, tell me how yeah. 
I go from where I just started to that. In, in what, again, it's like you said, you know, a very similar trading premise. You don't get an apprenticeship and go, I'm going to make seven figures in two years. Yeah. But we get this idea that like with no extra education or no, it can be held accountable to a sense of entitlement that, oh, I've done a two weekend PT course. I should be now qualified to go make six figures. Yeah. Where else in economics does that work? And the scary thing is you fucking can, because I did. I was offered gym four in nine weeks with 40 clients. Yeah. Because I was good at sales. Yeah. So I was the opposite to you. So I did membership sales for a year before I crossed over into personal training. Yeah. Um, So Jace was my PT at the time. And we were sort of polar opposites. So, so I, I've told this story a few times. So if you've heard it before, I'm sorry, but it's worth a laugh anyway. Um, <laughs> I, when I look back, the most like horrendous moment of actually training people is I wrote this program. I don't know if I saw it on the internet or something, um, but I had people like in a prone position and I would roll a medicine ball and they had to like up and sprint and get to the ball before it gets to the wall. And now I look back and I'm like, I played fetch with my clients. <laughs> it's fucking terrifying. But I had a full book and people were enjoying it. And I had like, I tracked metrics and had like a 95% success rate in terms of like weight loss on a monthly mm-hmm. basis or fat loss on a monthly basis. So again, it's like having the communication and buying skills from sales meant that they did the thing. If you do anything, you're probably going to get some kind of results. Yeah. And then Jace was on the other end of the spectrum, exercise science degree, similar to you. Everyone had a program. Everything was good. Everything was mm-hmm. well thought out, but fucking had no idea yeah. uh, how to actually kind of sell and stuff, just relied on his skill set, which will mm-hmm. only get you so far, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that it's it's an interesting one when you when you look at like what we're capable of doing, where you can kind of go with it, but then also you can have nothing and still get a result. I guess that's what makes it so appealing to a degree. You can come in with no fucking idea, but you can think you have an idea. You can be confident as fuck you got an idea. And as long as, and we know in the research and literature and the science, as long as you're doing something and progressively doing some metric to go forward, like step more than you did yesterday, drink a bit more water, eat some more vegetables, consume a higher amount of protein, do those few things and you're already changing your life and changing your body. It doesn't require great coaching to get that, but provided that your client buys into that and just does the actual program or rocks up once or twice a week to the actual gym, they will fucking change in a matter of months. But it's mm-hmm. like, then you get like a Jace or a me where you're like, okay, these numbers look sick. This maps out well, this periodization works, this flows properly. And you're like, yeah, but that demographic doesn't suit this whatsoever. So you're trying to yeah. sell a Ferrari to people who can afford a Mazda. And you're like, yeah. oh, it must be the, the clients are shit. No one wants fucking Ferraris. Like, no, you're, you're in a place where socioeconomically they don't suit fucking ferraris inversely like you put that into a gym context you're in a gym where 90 percent of your population aren't elite athletes that want to be pro bodybuilders pro powerlifters strongmen sprinters swimmers like you might get one in a hundred and here i am writing programs for all of my clients thinking that they're gonna be that way like don't get me wrong i i think now with matter and the premise we've set and that preempt uh context i guess of what you're coming into we hold every client to the degree of an athlete in what they want. So yeah. I will hold you accountable to the standards you set you you set for me that you want and then not let you push back on that. So if yeah. you tell me, like, I want to just change my life, have a better relationship with food, and I've got, given my background, my degrees, my certifications, stuff, like I, I had that uh, capability, 
But provided you say to me, like, look, I want to change my relationship, be able to enjoy alcohol, go out without stuff in my face, come back not feeling regretful in the morning, eat, eat a shit ton of Maccas and lose some weight. Great. I will hold you to the standard of my bodybuilders about to get on stage, but the metrics are different. It's still, mm -hmm. it's still a level of accountability and ownership on you. And we will go through why you made the choices, how we can modify them, how can we improve them. But I think the issue I had when I first started, you'll probably like, you'll, you'll agree with this or understand it, is that I assumed every athlete wanted to be an athlete and every person wanted to be an elite athlete. And therefore the program should resonate with an elite athlete or like yeah. a, a high thought out program of periodization and making sure I'm covering six body parts and five push pull splits. And it never actually eventuated and worked out. I think the wild thing too, is like so many athletes, I have so many quote unquote gen pop clients who weekly non-negotiables behavior is more in line with their goals than athlete than my athletes. Yeah. Like get a genetically gifted athlete who's already strong and just shows up and has always just shown you up and done up. well. Yeah. And then like, no, I need you to make sure that you hit exactly these macros and I need you to do X, Y, Z recovery or whatever. And it's like, yeah, but I don't need to do that to get the result. And then you have like the office worker that just like wants a bigger ass and a smaller waist. Mm -hmm. And it's like macros are hit to the point. Water's hit to the point. Yep. Sleep's hit to the point. You're like, you've just it's such a good reminder for this whole context that you've got to meet the person where they are and one one thing that we get heaps is like oh, i need better clients like yeah maybe you just need to be a better coach because like I, I and i get it and i understand like you don't want a full book of people who aren't actually invested in getting an outcome you oh, don't want a book yeah. of people who are paying just to outsource the responsibility mm -hmm. But if you set your business up in a way that weeds those people out and that they, they mm -hmm. probably won't last inside the model, you'll, you can take, so I'll go off on a, on a little bit of a tangent and use personal experience. So my first five years in the gym were physique based. So I was mm -hmm. like 21, 58 kilos, visible ribs when I stepped foot in the gym. Once I, when I eventually transitioned to strength training. I was about 75 kilos. So it was fucking massive, obviously. Gaunch. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I transitioned into strength training. And then as you do, what your training model looks like influences how you train your clients. Mm -hmm. And I was at this gym that had like probably the average age, I reckon was like 40. Mm -hmm. And my client base was probably like 35 to 45 year olds. I would have been like mid twenties. Yeah. Um, and then all of a sudden I had these, middle-aged women triply like hitting triples with body weight and everyone <laughs> in the gym was just like what the fuck how how did this happen and it's just like well you meet them where they are you yeah. say hey do you want to try this and like yeah that sounds kind of fun yeah and then all of a sudden it's like i got one young person who wanted to get in shape who had who was pretty strong Mm -hmm. Then I had two. Then mm -hmm. I started showing them on Instagram. Then I moved gyms to a more, uh, I guess, conducive environment to that outcome. Fast forward another 12 months, I had people traveling. I think half my client base traveled more than 10 kilometers to see me for their PT sessions and paid casual to get in. Yeah. Well. And they were all the same demographic. They were all 22 to 30-year-old females who wanted to look better naked and mm -hmm. be strong as fuck. They all did photo shoots. They all did liftoffs. Mm -hmm. And people will come to me and be like, oh, I, I want to train that person to like, so get results like that yep. with the people you have now. Meet them where they are and get mm -hmm. those kind of outcomes and show that you can before you, because 
again, the ones that I've, I've taken clients to international level, like strength levels at meets at national medals, those kind of things mm-hmm. from an adherence standpoint, they're all worse than the gem pop clients. Most trainers complain about because mm-hmm. they're just fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you have to learn to deal with that even if you want to train that like higher echelon. Yeah. Higher priority yeah. kind of there's about point. 40 41 points just in that spiel. So let's try and unravel this for about all of the listeners who will benefit. So one of the key points there in terms of just getting started and getting results, right? Like we have this notion that you've got to niche down straight away and find this niche immediately. Or like you come in with the idea of what your niche is going to look like. Like I want to have, you know, let's say they are physique-based clients. But what if your skill set or your articulation, your language and your competency really resonates with fucking swimmers or boxers or fucking track and field or just the mums who want to be like bitch and moan about their husband for an hour, smash some weights, have a boxer size session and then go home and feel good about themselves. You've got to be open to the idea that, I don't know, let's say that the gym you chose because, you know, the likelihood you're going to start at a tier one gym when you first open up, probably not very high. They don't know who you are. You don't bring any value to them yet. So you start at a lower tier gym that just needs PTs. So, you know, you might not say lower tier is an insult, but like lower tier in population and diversity. You might be more of like a fit stop. You might be more of a uh, uh, anytime, a snap, a jet, like something smaller yeah. in, that, in that regard. Be willing to diversify. So as you guys talk about in your course, we want horizontal before we go vertical. Let's see that horizontal layout. Who are you working with across the plane? Who are they? And where do you start to niche down? Where do you start to find the best results? You you might say, oh, I hate working with these clients, but next minute you're getting 20 of them that are killing it. And you're like, oh, I fucking mm. hate these clients. There's your bank. And you're saying yeah. you hate that client? Like, instead of worrying about, I want to work with the one in 20% of bodybuilders that actually want to train like a bodybuilder, you could look at this and go, okay, let's go left of the horizontal line. Look at this population of your sample and go, okay, there's 20 of them and they're killing it. They're all getting mm. results. They're stronger, bigger. It's just that they started a low baseline because I was only looking for the bodybuilders and I got the Karens and Gregs that were just having fun and we made it funner. And now all of a sudden they're up here anyway. Well, if they're already up, if that's the progress I've made, fucking hone in on that. Get them the next 20%. Exactly. Like yep. that is where you niche now and go vertical from there and go, well, how the fuck do I specialize right there? And mm. if that's the case, because then all of a sudden face-to-face isn't boring. You're having fun with everyone rocking up, being excited and pumped and you're catching up on Saturday for a coffee and then you come back next week for a power meet or a fucking liftoff or a, a road comp or a Metcon, make it exciting, make it interesting, throw a $10 pool in there, whatever you want to do. But you've gone from that arrogance of I'm entitled to every bodybuilder in the gym. They should want to work with me. Why? Firstly, it's a very unique sport that not everyone gives a fuck about versus now you've got a population of people that actually like you and do what you do or like get results of what you do. It, it's a strange concept to me where, and I've been guilty of it, we look for that demographic that isn't in the demographic we want. Oh, sorry, we we don't look in the in the pool, if you will, for who suits us because we yeah. want something else. Reality is it's right there. We just have to nurture it and grow it. And then there is you know, the money you're complaining about or the client that you're complaining about. That six-figure income is in that niche, not this one. Yeah. I think like we sort of talked about our intro phase. So the way we pose it to our guys, like we actually build our course in three stages. Mm-hmm. And like the first stage is like, just doing this will make you a hundred grand in any health club. Mm-hmm. And that's make a phone call, ask the people how they're going, get them in, mm-hmm. do a consult, sell personal training. At that point, your niche is the gym. Yep. 
And then, well, what does the gym need? Well, people in the gym, they probably want to look better naked. They probably want to be a little bit stronger. They probably want to feel better on the weekends and they probably want to feel healthier overall and have better mental health. Mm-hmm. It's like, cool. Now you've got your niche. That's the person. Mm-hmm. And then you can start to build your own personality and stuff in that. Like you said, once you've got that, now you've got the freedom that you don't have mm-hmm. the rent over your head. The average, retent- the average lifespan of a personal trainer is like six months. And that's yep. only because it's a three-month initial commitment and you got to give yep. three-month notice. Yep. So it's like the average is failure, yep. basically. So if you can get yourself on your feet straight away and just focus on that clientele. And then, like you said, you start to find, I'm almost playing now that like niche is less about outcomes. Mm-hmm. and more about personality mm-hmm. if you want to like who you train mm-hmm. i don't there's obviously a skill set demand and i'm grateful that i'm in a position where i spent five years training for physique myself and obviously work with jace and then have contacts mm-hmm. like yourself everywhere that that information is easy to access for me mm-hmm. powerlift competing for six years myself worked for with gen pop the entire mm-hmm. time and i've worked with athletes so it's like when someone comes to me, there's very few goals aside from stepping on stage and maybe doing like ultra endurance stuff mm-hmm. that I'm like, eh, not sure. Yep. I'm, do you have training in your top three to five priorities in your life? Mm-hmm. Do you abide by a growth mindset? Do you abide by an ownership mindset? Are you willing and able to do all the things that are in front of you? Are you self-motivated with your training? Mm-hmm. Are you going to need a cuddle every week? Cause that's not me. Like, and then I can go, cool, well, this is the person I want to work with yep. and I'll get whatever outcome that's mm-hmm. important to them. So yep. I've got a client who just lost, I think she's up to 30 kilos in 12 months. Awesome. And I've got competitive powerlifters. Yeah. It's like that people would look at me and be like, oh, Ben's the powerlifting coach. It's like, no, I'm the people who like training coach yeah. who also get along with my personality for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. Yeah, having, having a, like... Like this, this is why this chat is going to, it could go for fucking four hours is there's so many ways to dive into this. When we start looking at us as a coach, we have to have a personality and we have to understand how we come across to our, to our people, to our clients, to our community, because that's going to impact where they stay. That's going to impact whether they resonate with us. It's going to impact where they get a result. Because if you, if you don't have a good a personality that your client can resonate with, it's going to create friction between them doing the thing and then saying the thing and, or sorry, you saying the thing and them doing it or suggesting it and doing it. If you come across as a dictator, if you come across in dictatorial fashion, in very demanding language, and you have someone who's a mum of three kids or a fucking, you know, a very stressful relationship because they haven't seen each other, had a fucking two, two years. And, you know, the last time they got together and managed to get a birthday BJ was five years ago, like that level of relationship. And you're like, hey, Susan, I told you that you had to do fucking five sessions and three sessions of sprint work. She's going to say, suck a left one. I'm probably not going to mm. do that right now because... I'm on the edge of hating my husband because we haven't had a root in forever. We've got three kids and two jobs. The likelihood of that being the case, pretty low. So you got to have a personality in the way that we convey ourselves, communicate, talk, chat, and actually connect with our client so that they actually want to listen and take it on board. It's a duality of conversation and teamwork and, and interaction. It's not just, hey, I said this, now fucking do it. It's where are you? How do we meet in the middle? Like, what can we start with? I want five sessions out of you because I know your volume needs to go higher but you're at two and we're struggling there. How do I get you to, and this is where having that extra coaching benefit and skills that we start to learn, like, you know, myself, you, Scaff, Jace, we see those metrics and go, okay, so I know you're sleepy shit, but I know you, I know your 
your sleep hygiene is terrible and you're eating, drinking coffee like it's gone out of fashion two hours before bed. How can we optimize your sleep to get more efficiency so you wake up on time so we can train? So rather than just being like, hey, you're a piece of shit of a client or a shit client because you didn't wake yeah. up on time. Well, how do we optimize the rest of the stuff going on so that we can get that extra session? Because we can free up two hours. And I think yeah. that's such an important personality trait for us to have. So the client looks at us and says, that's the coach I want. As you said, you're the coach yeah. that people want to work with, that like to work with, that gets results, but also you do some powerlifting. Yeah. As a coach, it becomes important for us to have that personality that the client wants because we're not just selling the client. Oh, sorry, we're not, we're not just uh, uh, converting the client, right? They're choosing if they want to work with us. And mm -hmm. that's become such an important factor. I think a lot of coaches forget. They think they're entitled to the client. They think they're entitled to someone's service. As we've talked about before, and I sort of said on your podcast, we sell to every client twice. The first time that we sell them and every single week they pay us and keep paying our bills, we sell them again. Yeah. So if you don't have that personality, fucking good luck. But at the same time, inversely, having that ability to identify and why working amongst populations is so important, you can start to see the avatar that you actually want. Because then yeah. we can niche in and get into the, how are you talking to them on your socials? What results are you putting out? What are the results you're getting? Does that suit who you think you want to work with? Is the language you're using and communicating actually coming across to who that person is? Having someone yeah. like, you know, one of my young guys, he was at your workshop, he's face-to-face -face in the gym and sort of like what he's put out on, on, on socials. I was like, you've got to look at if someone in your gym is like, you're not selling large amounts of online clients, you're selling in the gym. So your Instagram needs to be a landing page for a website you don't have yet. Hit that yeah. with the three to five tips for protein, the three to five tips for hydration, the three to five tips for better carb sources, the way to get two hours extra sleep, that you know that sort of shit where a Greg, a Karen, a Susan, a Phil can land on that and go, oh, I want to see this guy. guy in my gym because he knows what he's doing. He's got that conveyed yeah. knowledge, but also understanding of me. And now all of a sudden, because you know who you're talking to, you have that, that marketability to your client. Yeah. So now not only are you selling them, they're selling you. And you're like, yep, that's who I want. And I'm who they want. Yeah, I 100% with I 100 agree with all of that. And then to compound on top, I think there's actually a, like you could almost term that as like coaching ability, emotional intelligence, being mm -hmm. able to work with the person that you're working with. And emotional intelligence is part of your personality, 100%. The next layer to that is, most one of the biggest mistakes most personal trainers make is they're trying to be for lack of it's, it's lack of a better term professional yeah but they're misinterpreting what professional actually means mm -hmm. so when i get up and present the first thing i say is like i'm gonna swear if you're offended you can leave yeah because i don't know how to talk without it yeah and usually it gets a good laugh and kind of brings the walls down whereas it if i get up and say like right? Now, today, guys, we're going to talk about client acquisition. Everyone in the room is just like, yeah. who the fuck is this guy? Fucking vagina is so, drier than a nun. Exactly. And that's where the, pers the, the personal trainers think they have to be this like 80s polished version of what professionalism is. Professionalism Bad is being really- Bad up in a suit and tie to a PT session. Yeah. Personality is actually being able to execute, I'm uh, sorry, professionalism is being able to execute on the goal that you, you're setting and doing the things that you say you're doing, providing mm -hmm. high quality service, blah, 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 blah. The personality side is if I, yesterday I posted all of your heroes, pray, journal, or both. Don't let the woo-woos ruin it. Mm -hmm. 
if you're a woo-woo, if you're into that stuff, that might have pissed you off. Yep. But if that pissed you off, you probably don't want to work with me because that's how I talk and that's who mm-hmm. I am. I like practical outcomes. I like things that actually work. I will dip my toe into mindset as much mm-hmm. as that's bastardized now inside of our industry, mm-hmm. unfortunately. So I will dip my toe into that stuff, but it's like, show me the tangible outcome. Yeah. yeah. Like show me what's going on. Like if you're spending three hours on your morning routine, I'm not impressed. You didn't yeah. do more work. You did less. So yeah. like mm-hmm. that seems divisive, but it's on purpose to be like, if you laughed at this, you're my people. Yeah. Come here. Come on. And when we've run like big meets and stuff like that, when we had those big teams and all of those kind of things, like by the end of the day, even if none of the clients knew whose clients each other's each client was, who they belonged yeah, to, yeah, like right subgroups, they all found each other by the end of the day. Yeah. Why? Because they all had the same values. They all had yep. similar personalities. They all overlapped and they people. were friends. So yep. it's like, if I was, my rule now is like, I won't work with anyone I wouldn't go for coffee with on the weekend. That's fair. And I'm in a, obviously, uh, I don't want to say blessed, but like I'm in a fortunate position where I have the flexibility to do that. When you start out, obviously you don't, you're going to train some people that you look at your watch and go, fuck, mm-hmm. got Craig next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah. But over time, you're actually trying to build that. So it's not just the powerlifters. It's not just mm-hmm. the bodybuilders. Mm-hmm. That's the skill set. That's what you're passionate about. That's great. Mm-hmm. Layer that emotional intelligence so you're good <clears throat> at it. And then I want to work with the powerlifters who? Yeah. I'm not fucking headbutting barbells, sniffing salts, slapping my clients in the face before they deadlift. Yeah. If you want that, go somewhere else. That's mm-hmm. not. So there's a lot of different types of powerlifters and that's the person that I attract. I, I think my probably position in the market is different in that all my powerlifters also want to look good naked. Yes. So it's like, okay, we've got a niche in terms of outcome. Mm-hmm. We've got a niche in terms of personality traits, mm-hmm. values, those overlap. All of a sudden your week is so fucking fulfilling. Yeah. No matter if you've got a fat loss client, a powerlifting client, an athlete client, a yep. physique client, whatever it is, mm-hmm. every interaction is so much more fun. Yep. 100% agree. And, and like to even add a little bit of, I guess, a, a difference to if you are in that position where you're currently in that less fulfilling struggle, which you know what, if you are going to complain about the struggle of growth, fuck you, because the goal and, and Hamozi said this a a couple of weeks, uh, last week or this week is we're playing an infinite game and that is business. So if you don't want the struggle or you think you just all of a sudden you want the end result, well, that's you're setting a, a finite rule to an infinite game. And that is the goal to work forever. Like, I hate this notion like, oh, so as a coach, like you'll just hit like 60 and retire and you'll be like, no, no, I mm-hmm. am going to be Tim Grover in the fuck out of my life, 65, 70 on stage is talking about how the best in the world do shit because I've spent my life studying them and trying to figure them out. Or, you know, I'm going to be changing the way we educate and talk about performance and take away the woo-woo because the data is behind these psychological skills and abilities and how you can use it to go from being Greg, the accountant to Greg who fucks shit up. Like mm-hmm. that to me, I'm hitting 65, 70 doing that. And I'll drop dead on that stage for a give a fuck. To me, that idea that the business shouldn't be a struggle is borderline insulting because A, we aren't entitled to success. No matter what you do, you're not entitled to anything. But you put in the, you, how to, how to even word it. 
You insert your token every day. You, you dip in your dime every single day into the well. You put it into the box, into the meter. You're paying your dues every day to get to that point of success. But none of that struggle isn't a part of it. That with the second mm. you open a business and say, this is what I want to do, that's what you're involved in. That's the processes you get. So to me, that is like the, the kind of the thing to understand. But we can make that better. Peterson said a really powerful phrase when we we're talking about people who hate their life. He's like, well, what if you what if you turn up to that job that you hate or now in our context here, turn up to that session with that client who isn't quite what you want? What if you turn up to that session fucking excited, ready to just raise the roof and raise the bar in that client's life? And you hit that session and you're just like, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, I'm keeping the energy up and I'm going to fucking talk to them about their passions, not make it about me. I'm not going to bitch about other clients. I'm not going to bitch about the business or the gym. I'm going to talk to them, meet them. If they're in a fucking Pokemon, we're talking about Charizard kicking everyone's ass. We're talking about fucking Pikachu fucking shit up. I don't give a shit. If you're into Yu-Gi-Oh, if you're into fucking comics, if you're into whatever, I'm not going to sit there and talk to you about set volume and fucking macros. Yeah. I might slip in there. Did you eat some better carbs this week? How do we get some more water in? Or how is your, your veggie intake? Did you hit the two serves a day? Okay, well, how do we do that? The rest of the session, fucking how's the footy on the weekend? Did you go for a fucking ride? Like I have some clients that I have absolutely no similar interest in bar the fact they like training, like nutrition, like learning in that regard. People talk to me about UFC. And the last time I watched UFC, George St. Pierre was in like in charge. So I, like I used to box and I would do boxing. Dad put us into boxing. I used to love it. The last time that I really sat down and watched fights, none of the guys winning fights right now are in charge. Like yeah. I couldn't tell you the records of Anthony Joshua, but I know it's fucking great. Like mm. I love watching Tyson Fury just live. But at the same token, if if you take that premise, you can still enjoy what you do. And then all of a sudden mm. your session becomes rewarding. And then that person might this I think is the big mistake that a lot of PTs misunderstand is you're marketing yourself. And then when we get with a client, right? Like let's say that client is just taking the free sessions or they're just taking the, they want, maybe they did a few weeks with you and like, you know what? It's not for me. You don't get pissed at them for not being up who you want them to be. You treat them as if they're going to fucking like treat them as if you're going to change their life because then they know someone who knows someone who's like, Oh, I'm fucking looking for a coach. I had someone like to go on a bit of a tangent two degrees of separation away from myself. They forwarded me a, a lead or a client told them to follow me because though they weren't who I wanted to work with, or sorry, I wasn't who they wanted to work with. They're like, you fucking fit the bill from this person. They describe what they want as a coach. And I wanted yeah. you to be the one to take them because I can see what you put out. I see what you're about and I see what you do. You fit that person. And I thought, you know what? Send them your way. That person owes me nothing, but mm. we had a console. We've had a chat. Maybe it didn't go the way we wanted or we finished up and it was done. But by leaving that good impression or that good conversation or just that interest in the fucking person, instead of walking up and be like, oh, I've got fucking Craig again. You're like, Craigie, what's going on? How's the fucking Warriors on the weekend? Did you watch the NBA? Did you watch the NBL? Fucking how was it? He's now, oh, this guy loves training, gets me a result, but also he'll chat to me. Hey, other guy, you suit this guy, go talk to him. Now you've got yeah. 10 more leads than you didn't fucking think about because you left good imprints on each person you hated working with. Yeah, and I to go back to... The start of that epic rant <laughs> where we went. So your opening line was, if you're not willing to struggle, get the fuck out of business. Now I got excited when you said that. And I was like, get him Ben. And then you were like, <laughs> and JP said this. And I was like, fuck yeah, JP. And that excites me. And that's why we communicate as often mm. as we do, because I like all that shit. Now there are podcasts, coaches, mentors out there who are softer and will give a 
we need to help you build your confidence and we need to blah, 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 and come in at a lower level, not a lower level, it's, but maybe it is at a different angle and communicate mm. in a different way. Some people will have heard what you just said and went, fuck this guy and turn mm. the podcast off. Yep. That's perfect. Yes. And that's what personal trainers miss. And I think when we talk about it, they personal trainers misconstrue because I like maybe not as much as you, but I like putting a little bit of divisiveness in my content on purpose to drive that separation. And that's how I talk. Like it's not mm-hmm. put on. If I sit down with Jace, I'll just say what I'm thinking at the time. Yep. And then personal trainers think like, oh, I have to be like James Smith and call people out. Or Lane is another good example who's mm-hmm. super aggressive and call out and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. It's like, well, you don't if that's not who you are. And if yes. you're not that person, you'll look stupid trying yep. to do it. Yes. So put the message out the way that you would tell your client or tell your friend or tell your brother or tell you whoever in that manner and the people that resonate with you will be attracted to it yes so you don't have to be ben scott or ben mayfield smith or whoever you can be your own person communicate your own message in your own tonality and with your own language through your own i guess structures Mm -hmm. and attract people who want to work with you yes yeah that that like just that is a fucking key piece of advice. Stop looking at your, like those big platforms and going, I've got to start adding cunt to my language or I've got to start adding fucking, you know, put an accent on and talk in this nature. Like the, the, the golden points might be similar, but you don't have to be yeah. that way if that's not who you are. Because the second yeah. it goes to the next level of conversation or like, let's say if, if we go a bit towards the Jordan Peterson route and you are a more agreeable person than you are uh, less agreeable. And you're more extroverted or sorry, less extroverted than you are conscientious and you're more neurotic. The likelihood that you're going to be able to handle a long-term debate and challenge someone that you've challenged or like you've questioned beyond the superficial level, you're going to get found out very quickly. And yeah. most of these people, in all honesty, I would not have a drama in the world challenging them on some of the concepts they talk about because they step outside their scope very quickly. And they also just hyperpolarize a few keywords and sound really smart to the general person. Great, good on them. That's what they want to do. That's how they want to talk. Fantastic. The other thing is that person with 300, 500 million followers can't work with a million people. And if they can, mm-hmm. I call bullshit and they're taking your money. Unless it's a very simplified approach in terms of like 12-week programs, but you're not actually like coaching. Fine, that's great. That's a middle funnel versus an end funnel and like a larger close metric or you know, a larger one-to-one hands-on ratio. That's fine. But you can then put out similar information, but in a way that conveys it from your sense. And now you start to build your community and you start to build your network and your interactions and your uh, cross field, cross correlations. You start to see, okay, across this realm, I connect. Across this realm, I connect. With these guys, I don't. You may not be as confrontational as me and you may not even have the same approach. I will always look to attack the idea and not the person. That's why I don't Mm. even use people's names anymore. I'm not trying to attack you personally. I always, and we said this on our podcast on Bros of Brains, we will assume that you have good intent. So mm. it's just when that good intent starts to be misconstrued or taken advantage of or manipulated or lied or you know bad results start to happen. We will attack the idea because that's how debate and society works and conversation works and agreeableness versus disagreeableness works. You don't just get the right to be wrong without me challenging you. So inversely, come back at me. Give me fucking something. Sweet. Most of the time I'm putting up to get engagement from people because I'm like, hey, I want to see what people's thoughts are on this. Do it. Let's do it. But you don't have to be me. You can go, you know yep. what? I'm going to talk to the Karens and the Phils who just want to know 
what some extra proteins are or what's yeah. what, how do I get an extra liter of water in my day or how do I take how do I take my piss color from fucking brown yellow to clearer like all of a sudden you start to see who am I talking to how's it resonating yeah. am I being authentic because I find in business just even like latch off or bounce a bit further off what you said there if you are not authentically who you are you will get found out very fucking quickly which is why yeah. this language of mine, this tone is conveying excitement and passion hasn't changed in three years. And then before that, when I was even in the nutrition game, when I was in coaching beforehand, it's been pretty consistent. I've just become more confident in doing it because I realized trying to talk to the Susans and Gregs in a way that wasn't me didn't work. I do recognize that I have a different ability to, oh, sorry, an ability to, differentiate my client and talk accordingly if they prefer a softer approach i can adjust but i'm not holding them any less accountable or more direct any less direct yeah it doesn't it doesn't change your messaging though like how you interact with the client on an individual level is different probably to how you communicate online yes. particularly like sometimes people need a cuddle sometimes they need mm -hmm. a kick in the ass but it's like you have a general tonality of the way you communicate mm -hmm. so there's a few things that came to mind while you were talking about that the the confrontation element of it I, I did a workshop um down here while mike was here with the strength culture guys yep and we did content creation and i was like okay so who thinks angus bradley puts up highly engaging um content that obviously gets a lot of buy-in and who would like to have the engagement that he gets mm -hmm. everyone in the room like fucking earth like particularly his connection with strength culture the strength culture audience and then i was like who could handle a hundred negative comments on one of their posts tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's hand was just whoop, like, yep. oh, fuck that. No way. It's like, okay, yep. so don't do that. Yep. Don't set yourself up to attract that attention. Yep. If you can't handle it the way Angus does, because yep. he can't, and yep. he's actually doing it on purpose and he enjoys yes. it. So don't, don't allow yourself to fall into that trap. And then in terms of like the industry people like uh, obviously you were alluding to like the james smith elaine norton's or whatever mm -hmm. and like oh, i need to talk the way that they talk personally and this is something that i always find really strange like pts never want to well they're not never but a lot of them don't want to tag their coach or say that they've got a coach or whatever because it's like yeah. oh you're a pt you should or they're scared that if well if i hired them that means they're smarter than me therefore all my clients will go to yeah them. so i worked with crows will crozier for four years, I think, mm -hmm. um, did three, four comps with him, mm -hmm. um, was a novice powerlifter, my first, mm -hmm. first meet, um, and novice powerlifting coach as well. Mm -hmm. The guys, arguably the best, at least top three best powerlifters in Australia in the last five years. Oh yeah. Easy. Yeah. And arguably top, uh, personally, I put him top two will be fair and say top five, elite powerlifting coaches in Australia. Yep. There's like zero has more clients than Will at Pro Raw, and then mm -hmm. there's everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. Yep. So it's like, okay, so I'm going to start tagging Will every time I post. All my clients are obviously just going to go to Will because well, he's more experienced. He's maybe a few of them are scared of his abnormally large neck and they, they <laughs> yeah. run away. Yeah. But they're all going to go to him, putting... right? Yeah. But it's like, no. Because mm -hmm. I communicate differently to Will. Even like yep. we used to do our Zoom calls and we'd pretty much collab on programs because we thought the same way about programming. Yeah. 
like what came out on the piece of paper is like, I probably would have wrote the same. I would have done something really similar. Yeah. Which always works when you're a coach and you don't want it too far away from what you kind of, your normal methods. Um, So yeah, like we were actually super similar as our, of our execution and what we did, Mm -hmm. but the people we attracted were really different. And then I look at like even Jason and I, we literally write our systems together. Yeah. This is how we write a hypertrophy program. This is how yep. we write a strength program. This is our nutrition strategies. This mm-hmm. is this, this is this. But we attract totally different people. Yep. Because the way we communicate is totally different based on the personality. So copying somebody else isn't it. You can learn yeah. from others. And the only caveat I'll put in there, um, and I'll I'll give it a little jab at you, but not too bad. So at every in every health club, there's a trainer that every quote unquote good trainer, so highly technically skilled yep. trainer, will look at and go, they're fucking shit. I don't know yep. how they have so much business. Rah, rah, rah. Look at that client's form. Rah, rah, rah. It's like yep. them motherfuckers got a full book and you don't. Yeah, 100%. So instead of sitting in the PT room and going, they're shit, they're shit, they're yep. shit. I'm going to flip and say like James Smith is the butt of that at an, on an online level. Yep. It's like, sure. he's, he's this, he's that, he's this. It's like, be smart enough to mm-hmm. acknowledge. Yeah. Technically he's probably not what you aspire to be, Yep. but fuck, what's he getting right? Yeah. hundred percent. What's, what's that trainer on the gym floor getting right? What's like Angus getting right. Even if you don't yep. want to be divisive, what's he doing? That's working. What's James Smith doing? What's Lane doing? What's Ben doing? How do I learn from it, but do, do it my own way. And you'll, you'll notice too. And this I think is an important part. And I take full accountability of this and full ownership of this is the way in which I even speak about these guys has changed because I recognize those things. Again, it went from being the fuck the James's fuck that Brendan Carpenter's it stopped being that because I was like, you know what? If the people they're working for are getting results, fantastic. If they've got 250,000 people that are willing to spend $10 a month for them, fantastic. That's fucking awesome. That's a model I'd like to have, provided I put out better info. So I want to mm. take that that model or that framework and like, yeah, I'd love to have a sort of an Australian version of Physique Collective, you know, have amongst it a network of coaches that are fucking extraordinary, but also mm. diverse in education interests, something like that. You know, I'd like to have those things, but I know that what I'm going to put into that fucking trumps whatever they did, but I know that they've done that. So instead of mm. being like the fuck them, change that, more so I was like, okay, but let's attack that idea. Was that idea correct? Was the way they did that correct? Was mm. that was that execution correct in what they gave their client versus other oh, fucking shit coaches? And yeah, t- how, t- how do I present my idea as effectively as they presented it? Yes, theirs? exactly right. I don't need the F and C with every word or phrase provided I say it in my way. And my thing has always been, and this is why like I love that I live for the negative like engagements because I will write my content in a way that it is so right the first time that there is no challenge, but I want you to think. So it's not written for you to come back with me and present a counter argument. I know your counter argument is going to be wrong. I'm open to it, but I know it's going to be wrong, but I want to see how you've worded it or what you've taken from my point. Because again, I started realizing like, yeah, he's talking about, you know, I'd see him ramble a little bit about insulin or he started talking about testosterone and, he was wrong, but it created thought. Well, my thought was, what if I'm right and create thought? Mm. So that 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 ownership on me, like we said, have an ownership mindset, have a growth mindset. That to me was where I sort of took on that stab and was like, you know what? You're right. I was sort of like attacking the idiots of the industry or being like, well, this is fucking dumb. If they can do it, why can't I? 
but I haven't done it. So I can sit here and yeah. I can sit on the bleachers and bitch and moan, but me as an individual as a business got far more successful when I was like, well, what did they get right? And yeah. it took it took my own my own philosophy of saying, you know what, I want to look at the elite successful and see how I can implement it to raise my own standard. It's just that my ego got in the way of, you know, sort of admitting who those elite were. And then being like, well, in the game, before I can get to the point of talking to millions of people, I've got to have hundreds of clients. Okay, so these guys have thousands of clients. I can hate the way they've delivered it, but they still got thousands of clients. How did that work? How'd that happen? And I've done in a very, very expensive way. So SCC Fit moved from just me doing PT into started growing a team and all that kind of stuff because I mm-hmm. spent, we spent, um, about 50K eight years ago on a website mm-hmm. that I was like, this is going to be better than Michelle Bridges and we're going to bury her because <laughs> fuck her. Fuck her <laughs> and her 1,200 calorie diets and her 1,000 calorie Saturdays and her cheap meals and all this bullshit. And we were like, that's it. We're taking her down. This is going to be the best thing fucking ever. <laughs> it fucking tanked. <laughs> Literally, I reckon, we got, I reckon we got three online clients. Nice. 50G in the hole for three clients. Nice. We ended up making it a really effective, uh, useful strategy. It made the base of our mentorship because it was a really good client management system. But it, yeah, <laughs> it, it really hurt. Um, and that was just off the back of like looking at the wrong thing. It's like, yep. okay, so, but why, what is she doing in her communication that are making thousands and thousands mm-hmm. of mums in Australia buy her stuff? Yep. And how do then I get them to buy my stuff instead instead because it is better. Mm-hmm. But I am but and obviously at the time was not good enough to attract the mm-hmm. same level or the same amount of people as she was. Yeah, it's a it's it's a humbling almost comprehension, like to, to really comprehend the fact that you know we've maybe looked at this the wrong way, but that's what comes with emotional inte- intelligence and maturity, taking that accountability and that ownership and going okay, I've looked at this wrong. I've looked at business wrong or I've looked at my business in the wrong light or I've looked at these people in the wrong light. How can I improve that? And this is where having ego as a coach, as a business operator, a business owner needs to fucking go. I don't mind ego. I don't mind like confidence. I don't mind cockiness provided you back it up. But at the same time, if it's preventing you from back it up, then you're mm-hmm. going to fuck it off. And being able yeah. to really sit there and assess, well, you know, and even to, to kind of expand on that, the pie is so fucking big that, and we can see this in, in game theory, in basic economics. We don't want to have no competitors. I want there to be bad competitors because it drives up the value of what I provide so much further. I don't even want them to be bad competitors. I want them to succeed or at least to a degree where they're doing well enough that I can then say, hey, look, you know, you can get a result with this bad method or with this style or this approach. You're not going to sustain it or you're not going to get much more of it. You'll be back in 12 months time to do another 12-week phase. But with us... This is what the system is and how we do it. So it's in my interest to look at them yeah. and, and sort of like allow them to be. Don't look at attacking them or break it. Oh yeah, I don't want to, I want them to fail. That'd be like McDonald's wanting Hungry Jacks to fail. It's the biggest competitor in Australia. It drives equal market share, but the market yeah. goes up. So there is more than enough. If we remove that ego hat, remove that arrogance of like, I'm going to destroy this cunt. Let them be. Fucking learn yeah. from them. See what they've got to offer. Take from them what you can. And then go about your thing, go your way and see what you do. Because eventually you'll find you start to get your 250,000 fucking community engagement and you start to nurture your field and you start to nurture your team. And then all of a sudden you've got a full week and you've got online clients and you've got resources and you're like, well, you know what? Who the fuck what they're doing? I'm going to do my way. 
There's more yeah. than enough specialties, fields, fucking niches in this game. You could not fill every void if you tried. Yeah, and I think bringing it back to you mentioned Ewan earlier. Like bringing it back to someone who's that in that kind of situation, like first six months in the gym, face to face PT. This is all sort of like high level theoretical stuff that we're talking about in terms of like building a brand and a business at a, at a yeah, large sure. scale. And maybe you're looking at it and you're like, I've got 10 clients. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You're going to have this on a smaller level within your gym. And the mm-hmm. best way to go about it is how do I best execute with the people that are in front of me? So it comes back to that, like the niches, the gym that you work in, the emotional intelligence of the communication, the being yourself and not like, steering away from pretending to be someone else or pretending mm-hmm. to be some polished like well-learned english graduate when you've just got a cert three and yeah. cert four in fitness yeah. like just talk the way you talk people yep. want to hang out with you for two hours a week like yep. be yourself um and then what will happen is as you raise that bar the bar around you will raise as well mm-hmm. so we had a gym where no one followed a program people did fetch with their clients and then we started to make <laughs> it <weird> better <laughs> and all of a sudden it's like all of our clients were walking around with programs within six months every trainer in the gym mm-hmm. had to have a program because if you didn't you're going to go work with ben and jace mm-hmm. and then then we started introducing like nutrition strategies fuck now everyone we started doing everyone's nutrition for their clients mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, this needs to improve. Then we had resources. Then we had blogs. Then we had social media. Then we had all of these things layered and layered and layered. And it funneled through the gym. And that gym was like one of the most successful PT cultures for inside the Good Life chain for like 10 years, Mm -hmm. just off the back of the standard that was set. And then you go to other clubs and be like, why is this like this? Yeah. It's like, oh, because there wasn't three, four, five people at the top driving the standard which meant that everyone else had to get better. So mm-hmm. if you just put your head down and focus on what's the best way to communicate with the person in front of me, what's mm-hmm. the best way to get them a result, not me an outcome and continue to do yeah. that, you'll raise the standard around you anyway. And I think if you like, even to compound on that, expand the time horizon by what you think to expect in terms of, you know, I want to have that impact in six months. I just want you to get going in six months. Like I just want you to be, Pay your bills. Pay your bills in six months. Like, like, yeah, you're coming to me for coaching. I want you, I, I want to help you succeed in your business because I don't want you to stress about having to pay me for coaching. I want you to get a result in your own life, but also in your own business. So looking at that, you know, that time horizon of like, oh, 12 months, I want to be doing this. Nah, bro. If you if you expand that out and look over five years, 10 years, you're gonna do this for a long time. You look over what can be achieved in five or 10 years and focus on that, and then each day show up you'll start to see the impact you can have and the results you can make. And all of a sudden, then things get a bit smaller. Like, oh, mm. I was focused on having 50 clients in the first six months. I only got 10. Like, yeah, just get good at working with that 10. Get a result of that 10. Then we look at how do you market it? How do you talk about those people? All that sort of shit. And then like going back even into the into the general gym sense, into the, into the, the club or the fitness health club sort of scene. If you're in a place like at any time, you can expect maybe a thousand members probably is like a pretty good number for most anytime. That's like, that's the, their sort of ratio they look for. Depending on the demographic where it is, you might get two or three coaches in every, anytime I've been to, there's maybe three coaches tops consistently on the gym floor. If you just compress everything we've said, as you just sort of explained there and focus on your 
population, which is that gym. It's a subgroup of like just gyms in general. And you show up every fucking day for two years, five years as the guy to see that you're there on the gym floor at 5am, you got clients. And if they're not there, you're fucking working, studying, writing content, putting some free QR codes out on shit, like putting out some free fucking info pieces, whatever, leave a link to your website at the front door, whatever you got, your fucking Instagram, whatever. You show up as that guy in your gym, the average cold calling sales rate is 3% for every hundred. So three in every hundred sales is yours. You have a thousand person gym, you make 3%, that's 30 clients. That's if they're cold. Now imagine if you warm them up. Mm-hmm. A warm lead converts at a far higher ratio in your funnel than a 3%. You don't need fancy gadgets and shit to make that happen. Just be that cunt that shows up, right? And like, I guess we've kind of been, both been there and been that person who's made the first mistake. And then business succeeded far more when we were the second guy making that. Yeah, 100%. And then even as like a sustainability standpoint as well, like you will enjoy what you're doing so much more if you let go of what you think you should be doing mm-hmm. and able just to shrink that down and be like i'm just going to be the best trainer for the people in front of me yep. and if i continue to put those reps in then i will be the best trainer yeah it's funny i i read um and i know i actually did a maybe it was a live or a podcast or something with dalton yeah. Um, and he was like, oh, the 10,000 hour rule is actually bullshit. And I was like, yeah. fuck, it changed my life. Yeah. Just from a psychological standpoint mm-hmm. to go, no, nah, I've got four years of this full time before I have to be good. Mm-hmm. And if I get up and I watch someone smart talk about something on YouTube or read a book or mm-hmm. apply my trade in the gym, all of that's contributing to me getting better. And I still, I don't have to be good for like four or five years. Yeah. And just, that was just like, Oh, I'm in a learning phase now for five years. Yeah. And if you can have that mentality, every fuck up hurts less. Every milestone that you don't hit in time hurts less. And it Mm -hmm. allows you to just be like, no, I'm learning. This is what's supposed to happen. I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be here. And then five years in, we started training other trainers. It's like, Mm -hmm. this is a new thing. It's going to take five years. And lo and behold, five years as a trainer, like I was like fucking booked out, couldn't take any more clients. Five years online, booked out, couldn't take any more clients. Five years coaching people, started to make real money. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I just see this pattern repeat, repeat, repeat. And yep. I think if you give yourself that window, whether the theory is scientifically valid or been disproven or what, it fucking, from a mentality standpoint, works really, really well. I think like even like to to kind of knuckle on that, if we're, if we're looking at the, the sort of like, time frame to perfection kind of sense is the the 10,000 hours of master is kind of asserted around this point that if you repeat the same action uh, long enough, you'll eventually get good at it. It's the law of accommodation, the skill of acquisition. It's basically just that you will eventually get good at something. But the issue is you can, you can practice the same thing 10,000 hours long and get it wrong. So you can practice the wrong thing 10,000 hours time. So you've just learned to fuck up for 10,000 hours. Yeah. If you're, in the trenches and you're like, you know what? I'm just going to dedicate X time and passionately love what I do. Your ability to accumulate knowledge and retain information and excitement exacerbates the duration required. Sorry, it shortens the duration required because you're so excited. You're there. I I sort of map out this equation people. I'm like, if you work 42 hours a week or you work 40 hours a week or 36 in your your full-time job and you fucking hate that 36, you're less productive, you're less efficient. So you're less noticed. You're not doing results or getting work. You then map that out. You take your four year, your four weeks holiday over a year, plus your sick leave, plus your annual leave, all that sort of shit. 
realistically you might be working 45 weeks a year. If I'm passionately loving 70 hours of my job, not only do I exponentially or at least double your work rate, the rate of success and results and enjoying failing, enjoying losing, I'm exponentially expanding my experiences and my knowledge before you are because yeah. we're not doing the same thing. We're not running the same race. So yeah. if we look at if we look at like time as years, it might not even take you five years, provided you're willing to learn and love the process. Enjoy the fuck-ups, enjoy the mistakes, enjoy the updates, the upgrades, the the reflections, the ownership. In just just in, in the gym, just in the fucking being a face-to-face PT. Look at how you programmed six months ago. Look at the results they got. Look at the clients you have and are they happy? Do you even have a community of people to talk to each other? Like, what are they all saying? Are they fucking loving being amongst a team? Like, how do you create that team environment? Team bonding is one of the single greatest predictors of success for people to achieve an outcome. It's relatedness, which is one of the key theories of self-determination. You want them to be motivated? Make them feel connected. And that, like, you get that and you're like, well, I thought this was going to take five, 10 years. I've done it in fucking two. What's the next goal? Like, that, that whole thing then just compounds and you're like, fuck, what I thought was going to take 10 years. Well, now I can add more to that 10 years because I just did in two. Well, now I can do that. Yeah. What I'm doing three, what I'm doing five. Like, and the, the crazy thing is the compounding interest with that. Cause I, so I took the same mindset. I was like, well, if 10,000 hours is four to five years. And if I, that's based on eight hours a day, like an apprenticeship, 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. So it's four years full time. And I was like, well, if I work 10 to 12 per day, Mm-hmm. do 60 hours a week then i can do that in three mm-hmm. that was like cool let's go so that's how i behaved at the time what's interesting and what i'm learning in the last couple of years you just shit at doing stuff when you start yes and that's very scientific terminology but you <laughs> yeah. just shit at it like an hour that i spent then my 12 hour day back then i could do it in three hours yeah now. yeah so now I'm at a point where it's like, I actually start to, and I think people start doing this too early. Now I'm at a point where it's like, actually, if I take an hour off right now, the two hours after that will be hyper productive. Mm-hmm. And I can do a day's worth of work in two hours if I'm in flow state, ready to fucking go. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that over time, but you didn't. I didn't have the skill set. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have, there was yep. just like, throw everything at the fucking wall and see what sticks. The wall mm-hmm. being my brain and yep. mud being information. Um, so it's just hyper exposure to then eventually be able to put stuff into a systemized enough approach that I could be like, you know what? Because nowadays, honestly, in terms of like highly driven productive work, I'm closer to six hours a day. Mm-hmm. But if I get an hour and a half, two hours, I've started recently just started actually getting up early and doing mm-hmm. like a block of work in the morning. Mm-hmm. I did three hours of work in 45 minutes yesterday. Yeah. That in the afternoon with distractions and bullshit would have, I've been, would have been able to say, yeah, I did three hours of work. It's like, yeah, yeah. nah, you were just at your computer for three hours. Yeah. So I think that in is, is in and of itself a skill set is learning You've got to go. You've got to do those big hours early mm-hmm. on. But the intent is to learn to be better at it, more efficient at it over time. Yes. And to learn how to actually execute things. Mm-hmm. Um, we were also talking on the podcast yesterday that I heard on another podcast. And a guy was like, fuck, 33. And I'm starting to think, remember when I used to have all this energy? 
<laughs> it's like when I was 23, man, it's like, fuck, I don't care. Work 80 hours a week. Let's go. Yeah. Now it's a little bit different. It needs to be a little bit more deliberate. Responsibility is a little bit different. And then we're talking to obviously like for most people moving down the track, it's like family relationships, mm-hmm. like all that kind of shit is going to start to come in as well. So you need to be more efficient at what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So those early three to five years where you are just like pedal mashed mm-hmm. as much as you can take, go for it. I think just because we both love him, JP's got one of those, like your 20 should be learning about what your capacity is. Yes. Can you work 12 hours a day? Can you work eight hours yep. a day? Where's the sweet spot in terms of what actually comes mm-hmm. out of that productivity? Um, I think it's a really, really valuable thing to take on board. Yeah, hundred percent. I think that the biggest takeaway from this, and I think if anyone were to really listen in, is like the fancy stuff gets great. You come to us once it's like time for that fancy shit, and the fancy shit just being like that—that that vertical pole niching, that getting into marketing, get looking at how to expose your brand more. You want to move out of just the face-to-face model and go hybrid. You start finding people above you. You find mentors. You find people that can help you escalate and scale. But the initial premise that I think a lot of people are scared of is just get into the fucking trench. Work hard and work fast. Fail fast, fuck up fast, figure it out, get a result, figure it out, don't get a result, figure it out, move on. Because the faster you learn what went wrong, the faster you can learn how to get it right. And the faster you get results, the faster you get people to want to come back. Or they have friends to tell friends to tell family. You don't need a high tier marketing funnel system if you just have people telling people how good you are. Like- a lead that come through, they've got a consult on fucking Monday that came out of nowhere purely because I thought, uh, sorry, he said, I'm a friend of, uh, um, I follow one of my friends is coached by you and I follow her. I follow your stuff as well. Um, and I'm sick of coaching myself. I'm struggling to find a good coach, but I've been seeing the results. I've been getting following your stuff. I want to consult. I'm ready to go. Here's my kind of like what I look for in a coach or what, how I like to train. Can you include that? I was like, fuck, I thought I can include that. I like to do this, but also account for you guys. I will handle your protocols, your nutrition, your training, but I'll equate for what you want. He's like, done, when do we chat? Yeah. He didn't even, when I, when I messaged her and I was like, oh, do you know this guy? Like, is he, is this your friend, your mate? And she's like, yeah, yeah we grew up, we went to high school together. I was like, oh, did you refer him? Like, I run a referral system. Yeah. You help me out, I support you back. Free coaching or free face-to-face session. And she's like, no, no, he just follows your stuff and he's just like impressed with my results and like, obviously, whatever. I was like, to me, once you start getting those results, you don't need, and don't get me wrong, Brooklyn will kill me if I said we don't have good marketing systems, but like when you get that, you just, you have marketability because you have social proof, you have social answers, you have problems that have been solved. You have that authority to a degree, even if it's inside your gym. So just get fucking hard in, dig in and work hard. Five, 10 years. Stop with this time frame of, well, I've got to do this in 12 months or two years. I spent four, three years working full-time, going to uni training, doing two preps. And each time I was like, oh, I got sixes in the subject. Well, sixes being like high distinctions. I was like, okay, so if that's not, if this level of workload isn't affecting my result, what can I add next? What can I add next? Okay, how can I improve that? And now you just start, like I said, Peterson said, you use those years in your twenties with that, there's a high energy, that high mood, that high output to fucking find where you break. Because every time you think you're going to find where you break, you don't. And then you've got that next level to operate at. And I kind of call it or refer to it as mental, what do I call it? Cognitive, cognitive progressive overload and cognitive hypertrophy, where the intent is to see under stress how I can improve my, my brain's ability to handle load and get better over time. Yeah. Yeah. I used to have days it was like, 
they were like KFC days. We used to call them sloth days. It was just like, my brain no longer works. <laughs> and my, my stress response is lack of appetite. It's just like, and usually digestive upset as well. So it's just like, cool, I'm cooked. I can, I feel all the symptoms. I know I don't want to go to work. I don't want to train. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get out of bed. This yep. is like, everything has shut down. Mm-hmm. And then it's by like five o'clock that night. I'm like, all right, I need a bucket of chicken. <laughs> and to just like watch some shows. Yeah. And then the next day it's like, okay, we're back. Let's go. Yep. And it's just finding where that threshold is, I think is really important. But yeah, I think the benefit that the the that you have now, the people coming up now is the access to information that allows you to make less mm-hmm. mistakes. So our thing is like do the thing. Like yep. we've got t-shirts coming out that's gonna have do the thing on it. Because mm-hmm. like everything you just said can be encapsulated in that. If you're not doing the thing, you're not learning. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I do want to say is the whole like you learn nothing from your wins, only from your losses is fucking bullshit. You learn nothing from your wins, only from your... Yeah, yeah, fuck oath. Absolutely. It's like, well, how do you know how to win if you don't... It's like, that. well, I did it and I won. This is the code. Keep following yeah. the code. It's Did this work over several people? Yes. Okay, cool. I've got a system here. Yeah, so throw that out winning is actually good and you want to win um but you also learn from your failures as well i forgot where i was going with that but yeah putting that all together is with the information you have access to now you can make less mistakes you can learn from more people and you can Mm -hmm. accelerate your results faster Mm -hmm. ultimately though you can't buy experience yes you can't buy what do i do in this scenario what do i do Mm -hmm. with it when this doesn't work what do i do with this Mm -hmm. client or you can't buy that stuff. And that's where like, cool, you maybe, like you said, have a mentor or someone to talk to or something like that, that helps. But all these, the Hormozis, the Chris Williams, the Jordan Peterson, the STC, the matter, we're here to allow you to go faster than what we did. Yes. But you will only go faster if you put in the reps. Yeah. It's like, you don't have to do, the young guys now aren't doing, I hope, eight hour rich piano bicep workouts <laughs> if they are let me know how it went because <laughs> they have better access to better information and they probably yeah. are following some kind of programs it's like they're going to get better results when they're 16 than what we did yes no different to personal training you can exponentially mm-hmm. improve the rate of progress but you still have to do the bicep curls yes you still have to do the fucking work that that will always be I think the underlying premise to any form of success is like, it doesn't matter if you have the brainchild of fucking Einstein, whatever it is you want to have, like you could be the elite mental capacity. If you simply don't do it, it won't work. Like no one's coming to you to be like, Oh, you're the authority in hypertrophy and progressive overload and strength training and cognitive high performance. No, they're not because you have no proof that what you said even works regardless of what's on paper in theory, written down in the textbook, if you haven't found a way to apply it, no one gives a fuck what you have to say. And that is like plain as day, as simple as it is. And you know, the best way for people to know that you can back up what you say is by just showing the reps and just dig in and fucking do it. And that, that crosses transcends business into any sense of success that you want. Whatever you define your success criteria as, whether it's in your business, personal life, relationships, coaching, your own training, fucking whatever sport you're in, there is no substituting putting in the reps to get where you mm-hmm. want to go. It just, it, yes. it's, it's a foundational part of the equation that is almost first. So funny, even now in our courses, it's like 
people go through the like startup phase. So like that we talked about, like phone call, consult, sales. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I've done it. I'm like, okay. How many in person? Oh, no, I've done the module. It's like, we well, haven't done the module. So module's not done until you've done 20 consults. Yeah. yeah. When you've done 20 consults, you've done the module. Because yeah. reading it and listening to me tell you how you should structure conversations. Yes. Ain't it. Like yeah. <laughs> until you actually sit in front of someone and execute it and learn what like, language works and learn how to, yep. I can't put on paper how to read someone's body language. Yeah. You have to go and do those reps. I can tell you exactly how to put together a sentence that gets the buy-in that you want, Yep. but you have to read what is contained in that sentence for them to buy in in the first yep. place and learn all those things. So yeah, watching. And I think I know I've done the like, personal development masturbation shit like the mental masturbation mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. where it's like i listened to 400 podcasts this week i'm smart it's like yeah you didn't do anything yeah. <laughs> you just listen yeah, yeah. to shit yeah you you listen to what you selectively wanted to listen to and thought that should improve me instead of looking at your audience and going well what do they actually need from me to improve yeah so if you take anything from this podcast go do something just, just fucking do it because you already know what it is whatever when i said go do something you thought of something yeah go do that Yep. You, when literally when you, when you heard us say, if you don't want to struggle, fuck off and go do something, you were like, yeah, fuck. I've been putting off struggling with that and don't want to do it. Great. Guess what? That's the thing you start doing. Just pick it. Just do it. You're not good at sales. Guess what? You know, you get better. Talk to people. Just literally start. And like you said, you know, going through your course and it's not even dig your course. I look at like sales scripts as more of a template to be substituted into your language and your demographic. If you take that sales script and go, but this is exactly what they said. It didn't work. Tough shit. That's not how, that's not how psychological communication works. Yeah. A script is a guided conversation, not yeah. a script. If it's and done And you need well. to interpret that in yeah. your language, in your tone, in your conveyance with who you're talking to, to say, that's how I should have worded that. Mm -hmm. And to be able to reflect on that again, like this is why I had a uh, young new one write down. I'm like, I want to see, I want you to be able to jot down consults went well, consults didn't go well. How did you, where did you find you lost them? Where did you think you lost them? Where do you want them to be next time? Or, you know, where do you think that the conversation could have gone better? Reflect on it. And if you can't give me that, you don't want business success because you need to be able to say, I fucked up here or I lost a call here or I lost the conversation here. I, I hit him up with a, a really good piece of advice that um, I was like, he's at any time, I was like, you go to the manager today and you say, I want the list because all gym systems can print this out. I want the list of clients or members who haven't been contacted in 12 months by any trainer. And I want the list of clients who never claim their free PT session mm. because there will be a fucking thousand. The entire premise of a business gym model is sign up as many people as possible that don't want to come in because we get money for doing nothing. So you look at that list of people who never claim the stuff that they didn't even know was probably free, hit them up with that. Now you've got another 200 leads. I was like, so yeah. don't come and say, the gym didn't provide me with X. You go, how do I get myself Y? Mm -hmm. Just take that and then get in the trench and call the numbers. Repeat that. And that's the, you know, again, it's cross, it's transcending fields. That's talking on multiple different fronts about how you can operate a business or your training, whatever. Set yourself up, take accountability, be responsible for the result and just do the work and then assess. Mark drop. I think it's pretty, pretty, uh, easy way to end what could be a very, very, very long ramble. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, that was good. I hope that there was some value in there for people. I think there is, man. Between us, there's what, nearly 20 years of business and PT and study and coaching knowledge that, that, like you said, you, we, you can't price point experience. And I said it. So uh, I know you guys do a similar thing, like what's happening this week. I sort of do like a month to month, like business update episode for, for the podcast where I believe there's breadcrumbs in how people succeed. And I believe in putting those out. So I don't care if there's a hundred years time and someone comes through business, like, well, how do I work with people? You find the matter page, you'll find a month to month update on how we got from zero figures to fucking seven. And one of the things that I was saying was the biggest goal I have or philosophy I have in coaching people in education, whether it be coaching other businesses, high performers, lead athletes, is shortchanging the distance from A to B based on my experience and knowledge. The whole point is for me to exist is that you don't have to spend 10 years figuring this shit out. And I think you guys are probably the same. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But mate, we will uh, end it there. Otherwise, we'll just fucking explode into 45 more points about something else. So I'm almost certain there'll be another three or four of these in a series of rambles. We'll definitely tee up some more. One thing that everyone can take away from you, what do we what do we take away from you in this conversation? How to get started? Where do you, what is the, the number one piece of advice that you give a, a new business goer, a new coach, a new athlete, whatever, where to get started? Number one piece of advice is literally, actually, let's hone it down. So do the thing is the tagline, right? Mm-hmm. Hone it down further. What is the one thing that I could do today that would give my biggest, the biggest outcome? Mm-hmm. So if you're new, that's picking up the phone. Yep. If you're slightly more established, it's making a resource. If it's mm-hmm. your way down the line, it's like, put out that YouTube video you've been talking about or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. what's the one thing that would give you the biggest return? Yep. And then just do that every single day. Mm-hmm. And if you do that every single day, you'll turn around and look at your business in six months and go, holy fuck, what the hell just happened? Mm-hmm. Yeah, brilliant. Fucking absolute business nugget right there. Um, completely agree. There's no other way really to finish that. So hit us with your details. Where do we find you? Obviously, we all know where we're going to find you, but if you're yep. stumbling upon this episode, where's all the deets? Where are we finding you? How do we get in touch? Yeah, so most connected to this episode would be at uh, learn on instagram at stc fit as well and then myself is at ben scott stc you will find right. all of us there and you'll find links to the websites and free resources yeah, you'll find jason fuck that guy yeah yeah he'll be on here eventually he can talk about himself yeah he's, he's next week <laughs> <laughs> he's next week i was like oh when, when, when can you fit jason yeah yeah uh mate i really appreciate your time and like i said there's going to be fucking 45 more of these before we're done our time i'm sure um and no doubt when i come down to melbourne for some some of our lectures and presentations with bros of brains we'll no doubt catch up and do some more shit there too definitely all right my friend appreciate you all right thanks, thanks bro. guys